Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and digital patient engagement strategies for hospitals, healthcare systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into a variety of topics on the digital tools, solutions, strategies, and processes that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information and have fun along the way. And now, here are your hosts, Reed Smith and Chris Boyer quick plug here for our friends over at Loyal. Healthcare is complicated and our friends over at Loyal get that, which is why they are dedicated to helping health systems simplify the complexities through smart consumer-first technology solutions designed to inspire loyalty. Whatever your business goals, Loyal's platform enables you to empower, guide, and connect with your data in order to deliver a simply smarter digital patient experience. All right, welcome to another episode of Touchpoint. I am your co-host, Reed Smith, joined by Chris Boyer. Hey, co-host Reed Smith. Yes. How are you doing today? Good, good. We're uh, steadily creeping up on episode 100. and right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. So, um, lucky enough to be at the Healthcare Internet Conference in Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those that have listened to, uh, well, previous episodes. That's right. uh, And maybe future episodes. Future episodes. You may hear some additional content from the show, but... Mm -hmm. Great time for us to get to spend some time with some really, really smart folks. And so if you've downloaded this episode, which if you're listening, you have, you know we're talking about web and the perils of web redesign, design, design, redesign, redesign depends on your perspective on the initial website. I guess. And but, Reed, we have more people in this room talking to us today than we've ever had on a podcast. That's before. right. That's right. And uh, hopefully they're smarter than we are because uh, I don't. I don't really have anything to add to this discussion right now, but anyway, uh, let's let's have everybody introduce themselves. Uh, so uh, around with it around the radio dial, around, around the, the radio podcast dial. microphone. So to my right, yeah, we're happy to be standing here with you guys today. Yeah, <laughs> my name is Mark Mustician. I'm director of interactive marketing at Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. We're in Winston Salem, North Carolina. I've been there for about four and a half years. Before that, I held several. Uh, similar positions in the Pennsylvania area that I think Andy is very nice. familiar with. Nice. Uh, look at Mark dancing around there. Uh, yeah, and Andy Gradle, I'm System Director of Digital Marketing for Mainline Health. Uh, we're, we're a sub $2 billion health system in the western Philly suburbs. Bunch of hospitals, you know, employed physician group, and treatment centers for drug and alcohol and, and physical rehab. I mean, it's it's if you want to market it in healthcare, chances are we've got it, which is kind of fun. Um, I was also at Jefferson University Hospital and, and Cooper okay. University Hospital before that and and been at Mainline Health for about a little over four years now. And we're two years removed from our relaunch. So okay. we have some interesting nice. stories. We have stories of hope and, and awesome. <laughs> some stories of hope. So some hope. hope. Need. Always, always need. If you're a year into your relaunch, don't worry. It gets better. It gets better. <laughs> awesome. Most of the time. Well, more, more to come on that. Yeah. My name is Adam Lee. I'm the digital experience manager for Adventist Health. We have about 20 hospitals on the West Coast and in Hawaii. I've been with Adventist Health for eight years, started out in our Portland market, and I work at the system level now. Wow, very cool. And then Taufik Aguilar, executive director of digital solutions at the University of Miami Health System. 
Uh, we are the only academic medical center in South Florida area. Um, we have, uh, besides the hospital, we have Cancer Center, the Bascom Plumber Eye Institute, and about 30 outpatient facilities. Wow. Okay, as I look around the table here, there's a couple of things we have in common. One, we're all guys, so, which is something we've always been cognizant of on this podcast. But the other thing is, is we all have websites. We all work on websites, and we've all managed on websites. And so as we start down this path, um, a lot of people that Reed and I talk to um, at these conferences and elsewhere, they always come to us and they say, we're ready to relaunch a website, or we're going to relaunch a website. Can you provide us some best practices and best tips? And I think that's what we're going to cover today, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so real quick, the age of your current, I guess the main website. I know your system probably has multiple sites mm -hmm. potentially, but how old's the current Wait for a site. Two months. Two months. Two months. Okay, yeah. so okay. fresh. So, yeah, we're so, fresh out of a redesign. So close to the new. I don't know. How, how, six months. Six, six months. months. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. So we got two months up in North Carolina. We got six months down in Florida. We are four years with our current platform. Okay. We will be launching before the end of the year. Oh, pretty confident. Negative one month. So we have someone who's optimistic, two people who are in the midst of the dip, that post-launch dip right. we'll talk about. Right. And then um, at Mainline Health, we relaunched just over two years ago. Okay. So we're at that, that uh, plateau. Plateau. That yeah. part where we came out of that dip and now things are, are finally looking good. Okay, and I am seven months away from a website relaunch. Nice. You're, you're hardly even showing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. See, uh, that's how you know it's all men around the table. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, should we start off with this? I mean, there is always a reason why we want to relaunch a website, right? There's a, it could be a business driver. It could be a consumerist driver. So we talk about consumerism. It could be our technology is just old. It could be you know, a variety of reasons. Why don't we start like round, round the table. What is the reason why we went through the website redesign or we're going through the website redesign for two of us? Tafit, why don't we start with you? Perfect. So for us, it was a combination of everything you mentioned. So it was uh, our technology was just old. No, so I just said that we have about six months uh, of, our, of our launch. But before that, the other one was back in 2010. Oh, wow. So our technology was archaic. Um, is that a long time ago? <clears throat> that's, that's like a like hundred years. In tech years. years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, it was that. Um, the other main issue was uh, we wanted to consolidate the amount of websites that we have. Mm -hmm. In the past, the web used to be under IT, and they created separate websites for absolutely every single service line, every single department, every single initiative. Mm. Uh, none of this was ever considered to be part of an ecosystem that needed to work together. And um, basically that was the main two drivers for our redesign. Wow. Um. We really needed a, a platform that we felt like was more current and could go the direction we wanted to go. Uh, before we started this, we were talking a lot about personalization and shared content and some of those things. And we felt like we really needed a new platform to be able to accomplish the things that we wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. So like so planning for the future, right? Building planning for the future and really just that that platform, the underlying foundation for what we're doing, um, we felt like we needed to move to a new product. Andy, what about you guys? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, so we only have 45 minutes. Um, the <laughs> the platform, so CMS was really at end of life, so we okay. had to move to some other new technology at that point. Um, and 
it was a confluence of things. We had a standalone mobile site, so we realized that mm. you know, we really had to go responsive, so we really needed a new front-end design. And the other big thing for us was really is planning for the future. We really we wanted to organize our content better and implement an interrelational taxonomy strategy. And that was the other big thing because we realized we have a very small web team. So in order to be efficient, we had to make sure our platform was actually efficient too. Operational efficiency. Yes. That's a really big one. That's a big one. How about you, Mark? Yeah, so I'm going to start hiding my notes from Andy because I swear he just read right off of them. Yeah. Yeah, everything he said. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we our site was even older. I think our last site was redesigned in 2008. What? Wow. wow. So I want to say, and, and we took a long time to get off our platform. We started, you know, it, wow. it was almost a three-year ordeal to, to redesign our site. So our site was not even anywhere mobile. It would it would collapse down to a reasonable facsimile of something that displayed well on mobile, mm. but it was awful. Oh, mm. So you know, getting into mobile responsive, and it, it's kind of old news by now, but you know, we had to get not there. for everyone. Yeah. So we had a CMS coming up mm -hmm. to end of life. Mm -hmm. uh, we also had went to to migrate to the new AI, you know, the clinical taxonomy. We were mm -hmm. still in an, an antiquated department by department. Mm -hmm. uh, setup where as we're scaling as a as a health system, you know departments are a horrible way to organize your website, let mm -hmm. alone organize your familiar with you this, know, you know, yeah, organize your uh, your your clinical delivery system. So we had to get out of that. We went to more of a clinical taxonomy, you know, conditions, treatments, specialties, locations, etc. Mm -hmm. So everything you guys said around the table was was in play at our at our place. I think I have one new one to throw on the table. We have we are three health systems becoming one brand. So we're unifying a brand and we're going into market in a unified way. So that's what we're going, that's the path we're going down as well. It's another driver that's kind of uh, indicating to us that we need to be in the market in one site. So um, I think all I think collectively, Reed, does that capture like most of the reasons why people go yeah, to us every design? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And some of it, I think, is size and complexity of the organization. So some smaller hospitals, community hospitals, still are not responsive. Mm -hmm. um, they're still not sure, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what that looks like or what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I still think there is some stuff that needs to be done to, to clean up a lot of that. But I think that probably covers most of it. The branding piece is always a big one. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and then the technology piece that we'll, we'll talk about here in a minute. Mm -hmm. So, um, real quick though, Mark, you talked about the, the taxonomy piece and kind of the, the I guess the way we're, we're thinking about a restructuring websites and getting away from just the giant services drop down menu, the mega menu with like, here's everything we treat, you know, kind of a deal. Uh, what's what drives that do you think I mean are people intuitively searching a different way or are we just finally catching up to with what consumers expect to see I, I, I think it's both I mean when we did our research uh, when we start this process we found people search for content in very different ways you know some know the name of the doctor they're looking for and they're mm -hmm. just coming in doing a, a surgical search uh, for that name um, and in some cases people didn't know the name of the doctor but they knew what they had Mm. Have a headache, a back pain, and in some cases, you know, people are coming in saying, "Hey, my primary care doc said I needed, you know, a doctor in this specialty." So we tried to, you know, make it so that no matter how people were searching, they had a good experience. Mm. And to us, that was linking everything together. So, mm. you know, it's a, as you guys know, with clinical taxonomy, a series of tags. Uh, you get your list, you tag them up, you have references to each from from each of the pages that you navigate into. 
-hmm. So for us, it was, you know, our, our users were telling us loud and clear how they mm -hmm. wanted to find the content. If I can add to that, um, getting someone to the right specialty, um, another level of complexity that we found as well as an, as an academic medical center is that we have subspecialties within those. So as an example, I, I can have 70 ENT specialists, but they're all the same specialty, but not all of them perform the same procedure. So if you know the condition that you have, it doesn't mean that by getting an appointment with one of these 70 that you're, they're going to be able to see you for that condition. So when you're when you're thinking about taxonomy, you're, you know you, you guys have mentioned some interesting points that obviously you didn't just come up with randomly when it was time to launch the website. I mean you had to plan for these things. Um, so what, what does that look like? We have people listening to the show, marketing and communication professionals in, in hospitals predominantly. So as they're thinking about okay, it's time to rebuild the website, or I've been told it's time to rebuild the website. Whatever the kind of prompt there is. Where, where do you go? Like, what's the first? Like, what, what do you try to get your arms around initially when you're looking at? Okay, it's time to rebuild the website. Focus groups. That's Focus groups. Thing. <laughs> I mean, it's we we started. You know, I I don't know about everyone else, but I I knew that in, some of the things that we wanted to do at, at Mainline Health were politically charged. So I'd have to have the data to show why we needed to do stuff. So we actually started with focus groups. And you know, we just sat people in a room. And I'm telling you, if you've never done an in-person focus group, it is so hard to keep your mouth shut. You know, as they're asking people, where would you click for this? Where would you click for that? And we just discovered that the things that our patients wanted from us, we weren't offering front and center. And we were ignoring other audiences like caregivers. Great example. Um, the people who are taking the, pe the patients to the hospital have very different needs. They don't care about a lot of the same stuff. So, so we were able to kind of, you know, they just want to know where they can get a coffee or, or whatever. And, and so that's where we were able to do initial focus groups, then went to senior leadership, presented that data, and then kind of let them give us some of their feedback as well, the things that they thought from an internal perspective. And in all honesty, we put it all in a big blender. We had a bunch of hypotheses, and it was just a series of wireframes and first-click tests and hmm. all kinds of stuff hmm. to really prove out why we were going to take our navigation from you know tons of items to three or four. Or, but it's all it's all about the data. It's all about the data. Yeah. Well, how did you guys go other ways? Um, we did the same thing. We did focus groups, and we also did ethnographies and functional wireframes, as well as you know completing sorting card sorting exercises and several other pieces of research. And we did the same thing. We went ahead and uh, put it, like you said, put everything in a big blender. Then we made some decisions, and uh, but basically we we were able to elevate what our users were trying to do, which which was primarily take action combined with what we wanted them to do from a business perspective. And then that dictated what the, our experience was. Well, what was what was one thing that that you found that surprised you in that? Like, you know, I we found that you know they couldn't find coffee, which that's something you know no one ever talks about in the marketing department. You know, do you have the the coffee bar listed on the front page or whatever? I mean, what what did you find in your tests? So, from the one that surprised me the most was their ability or their inability rather to find the electronic medical record. Mm -hmm. So the task was pretty simple and we made the button prominent in the navigation, but because of the wording, we tend to use our, our internal naming conventions mm -hmm. to, for these types right. of, and we just named it that in navigation, realized that no one can complete the task. 
and then as soon as we adjusted that, then suddenly everyone could find it. And so the entire time, it, we didn't move it or make it bigger or anything more significant. Hey, we want to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, and that's our good friends at Binary Fountain. You know, as a healthcare marketer, it's probably pretty obvious these days how much time you're spending uh, on reviews, ratings relative to hospitals, physicians, all that kind of good stuff. You know, too many of those are going unanswered, and they're certainly not being analyzed. This could be costing us new and current customers. It could be impacting our patient experience scores and potentially impacting our revenue. Luckily, our good friends at Binary Fountain have an online reputation management platform called Binary Health Analytics. If you'd like to learn more or even schedule a demo, visit them online at binaryfountain.com. That's binaryfountain.com. Adam, you're kind of in the middle of this, right? Are you yeah. ready to launch a new site? So this is probably pretty fresh. I mean, how, how did you guys start? So we're in a little bit of a different situation. We had what we felt was a, a fairly acute need to get off of our current platform. It really wasn't serving the needs of our users. And so while I would like to say we did all this research on the front end, we didn't do as much of that as we would have liked. We're getting it launched on a stable platform where we know we can innovate in the future, and then we're just gonna have to iterate after launch, which would not be my dream way of doing it, but it's kind of the situation we found ourselves in, and I think was kind of just an approach born out of necessity. It is a technology-driven necessity. I mean, you're talking content management system needs, I guess. Yeah, uh, to, really to be able with to evolve the, it. Yeah, really with the, the technology from the platform and, and the support from the vendor that we've been working with, it just wasn't, we just found ourselves kind of in a hole and we just had to get off of that. Um, lift it and shift it into a new CMS. Right, and so we're, we've been doing this. Uh, I think we signed our contract with a new vendor mm -hmm. seven months ago. Um, so it's been just a quick process to get this launched wow. and then then we'll launch and we'll iterate and we'll, we'll grow from there. Well, I think we talk a lot too about designing our site, our websites to be like patient focused or audience focused, right? Because uh, I, I want to get back to with the Academic Medical Center, Tophet, we'll talk about like the other, the, the healthcare professional audience because that's an important audience. But um, talk to us a little bit, maybe Mark, you can start in with, um, like when we look at considering our information architecture and the approach, at, present company, you know, the, the exception of, of you, Adam, but, you know, how, do, how would we want to restructure that, our, our IA? I mean, and what is IA, I guess? Mm -hmm. Some people may not even know what that is. Right. Well, I'll jump in there because uh, <clears throat> when we got into our research, we heard loud and clear, uh, as an academic medical center, mm -hmm. we had a consolidated AMC website. So mm -hmm. you had your clinical and you had your school of medicine mm -hmm. all sharing the same real estate. And when we talked to patients, patients were like, why do I have to navigate residencies, fellowships, mm. the MD program? What is all this stuff? And then same thing with the students and with the researchers. They're like, I don't care about finding a doctor, making an appointment. Send me to my fellowship program that I need information on. So very early on, we made the decision to split them apart. Ah. So I know that's uh, it, it actually went against the, the pr guiding principles of our medical center, ah. you know, a consolidated medical center with a tripartite mission, et cetera. But on the web, it wasn't working for us. So we split them out. So now we have two sites. We have a, a clinical site for patients with a clinical taxonomy, and then we have a school of medicine site that has a more traditional structure. So huh. you have your departments, your centers, your research programs, your academic, you know, your MD program, your PA program, all that shares real estate on the school side. So depending on where you come in, 
you have a very different experience. And that's so far is, is really resonating with our patients as well as the school side. They can find stuff a lot easier. It's not so, so, they, so they line on the homepage and it's kind of like a choose your own adventure if you're... No, no there's two separate homepages now. There's ah. a clinical homepage and there's a school homepage. Ah. You know, and you know, people are finding their way and, and Google is getting them there. So you know, mm. 70, almost 80% of our people are coming you know, deep linking right from Google to the right page. So they're, they're not even landing on the homepage. They're going right to their program or whatever whatever it is. Well, so I'm kind of curious, who who kept the original domain name in, in the divorce? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who got visitation <laughs> rights for they, it? And... Yeah, the clinical side. The, oh, really? The clinical side got the domain name. They got the house. Because that's a big move. I mean, you <clears throat> anger the Google gods. You're starting from scratch. We've had a really good experience so far with Google because what we did is we made an entire redirection map. Every single page from the old site has a redirection map to the corresponding page on the new site. So I've heard more, more stories about 30 to 40 percent drop in organic traffic. Mm-hmm. We had a 13 percent drop in the first week. That was it. Mm-hmm. And it's already started to recover. So traffic so far is looking really good. We haven't taken the major hit organically. And um, you know, from an experience side, we're about to launch a, a survey, you know, follow-up survey, and, mm-hmm. and get um, information to do it before and after. Um, but from you know, from from what I've heard from from various uh, people internally and externally, uh, it's been a good split. So it's been a very amicable divorce. <laughs> Tafit, is that what you guys did? Yes. Yeah, so now, on the previous redesign that I mentioned back in 2010, we had partially done that. Um, so we already had a secondary domain, so we had the health system and the academic enterprise on separate domains. Mm-hmm. But what I call partially is because it was not real. The, uh, the um, health system was more of a shell with just a single page for every service line, and then there was a link to take you back to the academic department where that belonged mm-hmm. on the academic enterprise. So the whole delivery of information happened on the school side and the confusion that you mentioned is exactly what our users were experiencing. Mm-hmm. Why am I looking at residents and what's a fellowship? I'm just trying to find a doctor. So that's the feedback we found from our research. So we utilize those findings to help us build a case and to, and to do a complete split. And this time we're on this iteration that we went live as the health system and we're gonna start the process of uh, redesigning the academic enterprise next. Oh wow! So you're you got multiple redesigns in one. Lucky you. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> what a uh, gift. <laughs> so uh, you guys have done redesigns historically, probably multiple times across maybe even multiple organizations. But but these this kind of where you are now. What considerations, especially from a technology perspective, did you have to take into account this time around that didn't exist the last time around? I can speak to that to some degree. So we're, you know, we're thinking about CRM now. Um, you know, that's that's relatively new for us. We're looking at things like personalization. I mean, we're competing against Amazon now and these other companies that do all these things really well. And four years ago, when we did our last redesign, that. I mean, really, we could have had the foresight then, but it's, you know, just wasn't as big of a thing then. So it's, it's trying to figure out how 
our consumers have really shifted how they're thinking about their healthcare experience. And I think even that has changed quite a bit in the past few years in terms of what they expect. Um, they're not coming to us and comparing us against other healthcare entities. They're comparing us against Amazon and Apple and these other companies. And so our, our website is kind of the foundation of our digital experience for a lot of people has to, to try to compete with those people, which is, is new and difficult thing for healthcare that's typically so far behind and, and slow moving. So no pressure there. Mm. No, no, it's easy. It's, yeah. We've got you? the same resources. Some of the most basic things that we tend to forget when we're embarking in this type of project is has to do, in our case, with moving from an on-prem hosting solution to the cloud. So from a technology perspective, uh, we had to consider that as part of the project, and that extended the project by 10 months. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I'm the exact opposite. Um, so we, we moved... We insourced everything. We bought servers. We bought a Netscaler. Oh, My IT department was really in the mood to host, you know, and that was actually part of <laughs> yeah, really it, it's, yeah. We're we're just going against the grain there, you know. But that's the thing. I mean, that was the other thing we were preparing for. Um, it's almost like the singularity, where the ultimate goal for the site is to allow people to log into our website using their portal credentials. Unlike any other project I'd worked on. You know, I had to like keep IT security in the loop at every step, and I had to wave the white flag on a lot of things and go, okay, okay, if I, it, you're going to let me do this eventually if I do this. It definitely made the project a lot more complicated. Um, for the record, we're two years post-launch, and we are not currently using portal credentials yet, so I'm hoping that it eventually comes to fruition. But it's, it's funny. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, like, it, it is, it's kind of MarTech in a way now. It really is. I mean, you can't... You can't just have your website out there on an island anymore. I mean, eventually, if we want to start sharing data and, and doing a CRM and da, da 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 I mean, you need to be prepared for that. Well, that's, I mean, and we talk a lot about, like, there's a blurring of the lines between marketing and digital and operations. But, I mean, your website is, like, ground zero for that integration to occur. When we're looking at our site, we're looking at all the technical touch points on the back end. And really looking to improve those because people don't come. I said this before in like episode number two when we were talking about websites. People don't come to hospital websites for fun, right? No. They're there to do things, to do practice their care. It's an extension of their care. So, I mean, integrating into your back ends is not only looking at all those integration touch points. It's how do you make those more efficient? How do you make your forms more efficient? If you have online appointment scheduling, how do you make that seamlessly part of this? And one thing that we're looking at is we're building... We're basically looking to augment our patient portal and expose those services. Mm -hmm. Well, where are they going to expose them to? The website. So not paying your bills and doing all this other stuff. It's just, it's, it becomes this big blur of an operational thing. You know, we're looking at our website as the foundation of our digital experience, not thinking that absolutely everyone's going to come to the website like they have in the past, but seeing it as a source of truth for data, because we know that feeds location data. We're looking at how our structured data is going to inform Amazon Echo and Alexa and those sorts of things. And we see this really as the foundation, even if people aren't using it in the same way they've used websites in the past 10 years. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Hey, Chris, before we go too much further, jump into this next segment of the podcast, I did want to uh, mention and thank uh, one of our sponsors, Influence Health. Uh, you know, they've got a consumer experience platform that, that covers several things. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we've we've talked about content management systems on this podcast. Yeah, we did. What about CRMs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we covered CRMs for sure. And then obviously each and every week we talk about digital marketing. So digital marketing systems, uh, you know, in one way, shape or form have probably been covered, right? That's right. Digital marketing systems. And I would say that we even talk about it in a way of uh, that overall digital consumer experience. Well, there you go. I, you know, I would I would recommend for anybody interested in one of those topics uh, or anything else. They've also got some complimentary solutions on their website. But but head over to their website, take a look at what they've got and what they're offering relative to CMS, CRM, digital marketing systems. Kind of how all that is woven together in what they call their consumer experience platform. Find your way over to influencehealth.com. It's funny, you open the door for data, so I'm going to jump right in. Our data is absolutely horrible. Here come the woes. So, so here they come. You, you ask for perils, uh, I'll yeah. give you perils. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, our data on the back end for, you know, I'm, I'm talking provider data, location data, uh, was horrible. Um, it was horrible on the old site, and we brought some of that with us, unfortunately. And uh, when we launched um, the site, we launched in spite of our data and our, and our entire faculty practice saying, you can't publish this stuff because it's it's that wrong, and and I'm like guys, you know, it was wrong on the old site. You just weren't looking at it, and it continues to be wrong on the old site until you let me publish this new one. You know, we've been you know post-launch and even a few months pre-launch, we've been working with our data system owners to clean up data. You know, it's it's, it's in systems like PeopleSoft and our credentialing system, mm-hmm. um, you know, to to clean that stuff up because ultimately we don't own it, you know, we publish it, and we've been making that that very clear. We're taking it on the chin for publishing it, but in, you know, ultimately we have a data problem that needs to be cleaned up, and that's been, you know, the focus of our work uh, every day since we've launched. That's interesting you say that, right? Because it's it's oftentimes people look at the website as the authoritative source, mm-hmm. right? And um, the provider data is like ground is like the the number one thing that they're going to they're coming to us for as well. And they're saying, well, your data, your provider data is wrong. And they're coming to the website. We're like the end of a of a process, right? We don't own that data. We publish that data. But what's interesting is that from the outside in. We're being audited and regulated by third-party companies about the, the, the accuracy of our provider data. So suddenly, the website becomes that critical touch point to everything else. So I, hear that, um, I hear that about one of your perils. Since this is the, the show about the perils of website <laughs> redesign, um, and you you grace, gracefully started that process. Um, let's turn let's turn around to others on the table. What are some of the perils that you've seen? Tafi, you want to tell us one? Sure. So one of our biggest perils has uh, to do with the approach. So on my previous redesign, what we did is that I took a very cookie cutter template approach to the redesign and made it so tight and inflexible that it just resulted in every single service line being forced into the same look and feel. Now, from a project perspective, it was, it was fine, but um, very quickly when we were doing the migration, we realized that you know, if you have a certain elective procedure or something more fun like sports medicine, 
and you're trying to do marketing later and it looks exactly the same as something that's more serious, like a very invasive procedure. Or wound care. Or wound care, <laughs> right. So we didn't give ourselves any way of making this different. So we, we, that was the first thing that we wanted to solve on the next redesign, learning from those experiences. And we took a different approach of, of doing more of a collection of common denominators and components that we can use to structure websites and deploy them on the fly rather than locked templates the way we did before. Hmm. So I'd say a couple things. You mentioned data. The data is, is just tough to get. Um, we have it living in all these different places. It's not typically kept up to date. And I'm talking about provider data, location data, even service line data. You know, we're building a website for 20 different markets and trying to make sure that every page is accurate uh, is just a ridiculous task. Um, the other thing is, as we're going through this process, uh, I found a tendency to kind of just keep your head down and focus on the tactical projects day to day. Um, and you really have to step back at, at various points in the process and say, okay, are we still following the strategy that we outlined at the beginning of this process? And are we still doing the right things for the consumers? Or are we just, just moving along without stepping back? And I fell into that trap multiple times throughout this process. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, I've got two that, if I could go back and talk to me from two or three years ago. <laughs> so first, if your IT department wants to host your website, but they're not currently hosting a website that gets you know a million or so sessions a month, send them through the same RFP process you would anyone else. I mean, that was something where it oh, added three to four that. months of time to our project, just trying to figure out why our page loads were seven seconds and eight seconds as IT's pointing at our outside vendor and our, in, and our outside vendors going, no, the pages are fine. And it, it really, it, I was having daily stand-up calls at 8 a.m. just to deal with issues. I mean, it was the summer of hosting hell. Um, we, we've gotten to a good place, but it's also, it's a continual process of trying to make sure ports don't get closed and things I need, you know, it's, it's a whole new marriage, you know, don't go into it um, with, after one date, pretty much. <laughs> but the other thing too, if the one thing outside hosting that I really underestimated was the importance and the difficulty of a good Omni search. We had this vision of people are gonna be able to go and type whatever they want and find whatever they want. And um, well, we kind of forgot that you can't just put a Coveo box on a rack or whatever, and all of a sudden everything's solved. We, we really didn't dedicate resources to that, and we've had issues that we're still trying to figure out with you know, stemming of names and misspellings and you know, like really long Greek names are tough for search engines. You know, it's, it's, and that was probably our biggest issue because then that led to people complaining about find a physician. And even though our data's not great, the fact that they couldn't even get to the data was even a bigger problem. So don't underestimate search. That's interesting. Well, Mark, you kicked us off on the perils. And so quickly, as we kind of wrap up this, this conversation, this isn't all doom and gloom or bad or anything. It's still fun, right? We still like what we do. But what, what were some of the wins? Like, what's a, what's a win, you know, as you guys went through this? I just think the, the, whole, the whole process was a win. You know, it, our, our, our organization had gone close to 10 years without a site that they can be proud of and you know other than data you know on, on, sure. on the bottom end and it's a it's 
it's a great site and it's something that uh, the organization is proud of and you know as we start a little doing the normal firefighting that you do after after a redesign uh, you step back and you look and you know it's a, it's a site that our organization can be proud of and get behind and that's that's a big win very cool talking so i'm going to piggyback on what mark said and um i agree with everything he says and as and, and i think also what i'm going to add is that the leadership in the different departments that have been basically upset about the digital footprint for so long, they now have, they, they kind of instinctively start trusting in, in not only the team, but the technology that you made decisions on and, uh, and the website that they can be proud on moving forward, but laying down also the foundation for growth and expansion in the future. Very cool. Adam? Yeah, well, my answer might be different six months from now once we've launched <laughs> and, and we're see where it's going. Uh, but for right now, I think the big win has been the support of of the people in our organization. They're excited about the new website. They're excited about the direction we're going. And it gives us some leeway to make some tough decisions to say, no, we think this is gonna be the right thing for the consumer and, and have some people to back us up. It doesn't mean we win every fight, um, but there's been a lot of support there, which I think has been a big win so far. Yeah, for us, I mean, after we went through our, our six months post-launch where we, we had that, we had a 20% dip. I mean, we had changed everything at once, and that, that once again angers the Google gods. But now I can walk into senior leadership meetings and say, okay, we took what was originally a website that was very hospital-focused and had content that was quadruplicated in some cases, where each hospital had their own cancer center and heart center and all that. We consolidated all of that, which was a politically charged decision. But now we're able to go back and say all the individual locations are actually getting more traffic than they used to. And thanks to things we've, we've done with implicit personalization and this, that, the other, um, we're getting more profile views you know, for a provider directory and, and, and all ships have been rising over the past year. So now we're at a point where we can now start doing really fun stuff. I mean, we have a good footing, good stats and license to play at this point. Wow, okay, so for the guy around the table that's uh, embarking down this journey, uh, and I know you're really close, Adam, but I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit further off. I think that, you know, kind of walking through all of this is very helpful. I think you've, we've all hit on some of the, the key themes that we're, we've all faced, um, and others that are listening in are facing, you know, around how we're doing a website redesign. And it, and it does, you know, it does allow us to maybe go into it with eyes wide open, but also realize that there's big, big benefit at the end of the day that we're doing this, you know, and, and I know that um, I, I'm encouraged to hear that uh, website redesigns are not only perilous, but they're also meritful, right, as we go through. And you're not going to get everything right. I mean, that's the other thing, too. It's like you have to go into it realizing that you're probably going to get 30% of your hypotheses wrong, and you just own it. I mean, if you can go in and you can just transparently show where you messed up but have a plan for it, and not even messed up, it just didn't even didn't meet a benchmark or something like that. I mean, all of a sudden, everyone's on the same page because, you know, it's, 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 everyone's, it's everyone's data at that point. That's where I, I've been. I mean, I came into this like, we're going to launch the best site healthcare has ever seen. And now I'm like, <laughs> we're going to launch a site and it's going to be, it's going to be better, but then we're going to keep improving it and we're going to get to something really solid. Because websites are living, breathing things, right? Absolutely. They grow with us. Yeah. It's not a print ad.
Wow, that was a really, really great conversation, guys. We really appreciate it. I mean, the first time, Reed, for having uh, four other people around the table, six, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if we can go any further. There's some kind of magic number. If like you hit seven, you lose productivity in the conversation. So I think we maxed it out, but we had some really, really good conversations. So as is typical, when we wrap up a show, we usually end with recommendation. Why don't we just go around the room? We'll start with you, Adam. Okay. What's your recommendation? All right, so I just got a new phone. Um, and every time I get a new phone, the first thing I do is go buy the feather case from Incipio. It's... Uh, it's enough that it gives you a little grip because iPhones are slippery, but it's just barely there. So that's, that's my recommendation. It's the first thing I do anytime I get a new phone. Okay. Nice. I like that. In Scipio like feather case. All right. Who wants to go next? Cool. I'll hop in. Um, so Andy Grail from Mainline Health. I'm about a third of the way into getting things done, which I read on the way out here. And not that I'm not getting things done already, but I want to get things done and not age as quickly as I feel I've been aging. And I have a feeling that this might just be the secret. I could be wrong. We'll see. I could have some new recommendation on how to get things done next year, but for now, it's getting now. things done. Yeah. For now, there you go. Yeah. You're getting getting the getting things done book. Exactly. Yeah. I've heard yeah. I've heard it's a cult, so I'm looking forward to joining. <laughs> awesome. So so I now have a car guy, and so I've got a guy. I don't I don't go to the dealer anymore. I don't even go to the little body shop around the corner that I used to go to. I've got a car guy. I've got, found him through a friend. He's like half the price. Gets my car back right away. So find a car guy. Nice. What you you need trust. A guy. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Find a car guy. Find a car, a car guy. guy. Sounds yeah. a little shady. I've gone. I've gone forty <laughs> plus years of my life without a car guy, mm -hmm. but now that I have one. It's a whole new world. Now I feel like I need to get a car guy. <laughs> Me too. That's amazing. Wow. No, that's great. That's great. Tough. Yeah. What about you? So I'm gonna say I'm gonna recommend to everybody listening to give back. Whenever you have an opportunity to help someone else, whether it's in the digital space or something like that. Go ahead and do that. Um, I, I participate with a, an organization in Honduras and Central America um, that is, I find it particularly fascinating because it's a private school that charges a little bit of a premium to sponsor homeless kids that don't have an opportunity to go to school, get an education. And maybe that's something that we don't hear in the United States, but in Honduras there's about over 300,000 homeless kids that don't have access to education. Uh, the foundation is called, in Spanish, Nuevo Destino, but in English is New Destiny. The reason is that they provide these homeless kids to have an opportunity for a new destiny through Very education. Cool. Very so cool. That's my recommendation. Yeah, you're, you're showing off now. I mean, we're yeah, recommending yeah, car guys and books. I we can really follow that. <laughs> you're like changing the world. Yeah. Can I, can I change mine away from car guys? <laughs> what do you recommend after yeah. that? Yeah. Wow, I'm rethinking here for a second. No, uh, mine's, mine's an app. So I, my, my son's in sixth grade. He loves to play basketball. And so there's a new app called uh, Home Court. I think that's what it's called. Let me look here. I should have looked a second ago. Uh, Home Court. And what it does is like you actually just prop it up on the ground and he can go shoot around and it keeps track of where he shot from and all his makes and misses and stuff. And so it, it's a fascinating, all it has to do is have the goal and then you start by shooting a free throw. And so it, then it knows where your free throw is. And then you can just shoot around just for an hour and then it'll come back and show you and the percentages in the different parts of the court of what it's, huh. it's a really well done uh, really well done app, so pretty cool. Oh, jeez. I don't even know how I'm going to follow all of this. A car guy, a giving back. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to go very high. I'm going to try to go higher than you, Tafet. Got it. I'm going to say, um, 
My recommendation is whatever you do in your industry, it doesn't matter whatever your role is, is learn from other people. Learn from your peers. Get people like you guys together in a room because I'm telling you in this like last 45 minutes that we've chatted, I have learned so much more than I would have learned from like going and researching it on the internet or yeah. looking at Google Analytics or whatever. Learn from your peers, from your friends, and like do it in a very open way because there's a lot, a lot you can learn from anybody that's out there. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm recommending friends. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Reed? Yeah, I'm starting to realize how much I don't know about web design. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is great. This is great. We appreciate you guys. And so quickly, if uh, people would like to connect with you guys on, what's, what's the best way to do that? Oh, and mention your website. Yeah, Mark. Okay, website, uh, www.wakehealth.edu. Um, if you're looking for the school in the divorce, uh, that that got school.wakehealth.edu. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I believe I am the only Mark mystician in the world, so there should not be wow. a... Uh, any 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 question about who I am once you once you get the spelling of my last name. And we'll we'll have links in the show notes, of course. Andy. Oh yeah, and Andy Gradle, you can find my website at mainlinehealth.org. I'm on LinkedIn all the time and at Andy Gradle. Um, it's spelled it's G-R-A-D-E-L. I, I just I blame my parents every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Adam Lee, uh, so our domain is adventisthealth.org. Maybe give it a couple months, then check it out. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Lee Design, holdover from my graphic designer days, uh, or on LinkedIn, Adam Lee. Very cool. Tavid? Tavid Aguilar, University of Miami Health System. Our domain is umiamihealth.org. Uh, if you're looking for the health system, the academic enterprise is med.miami.edu. Also, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Taufit Aguilar there, so T A U F F Y T. Um, we're, so we're, we're one of a kind, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> pretty unique. Or a Twitter, at Talfit, the same thing, T-A-U-F-F-Y-T. Awesome, awesome. Well, very good. Thank you guys for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, really enjoyed it and uh, look forward to having you guys back on. So for Talfit, Adam, Andy, Mark, Reed, and Chris, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.